Welcome to Networks for Training and Development's Employment for All podcast. I am your host, Joe Murphy. This podcast is dedicated to real work and real pay for all citizens. Today is April 1st, 2020, and today's employment forum is in response to the COVID-19 outbreak. So good afternoon. Um, we're going to get started in just a second um, with Chris Florence from Philadelphia IDS giving us an introduction. So Chris. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Employment Forum uh, discussion. And I hope everyone is well. This is our third, third session. And we're hoping that during this uh, webinar, we'll be able to share some positive ideas, suggestions, and uh, current practices that are working as we support people on the job and support our colleagues during this time. We encourage uh, positivity, not negativity during this time, but do understand this is a level of uncertainty and concern. Facilitating our meeting today will be Teresa Cody from Networks for Training, and I'm going to just let her go ahead and get started so that we can move along with this meeting okay hey Chris hi everyone thank you for joining us today this webinar is being live closed captioned and recorded as a reminder please be sure to type in the chat box your name agency and area you're from for those joining via phone only please press star 9 to raise your hand and we will unmute your mic As shared, my name is Teresa Cody with Networks for Training and Development. We are happy to host these virtual forums with support from IDS in efforts to support employment services, individuals, staff, providers, especially amidst COVID-19. We understand there are many changes, questions, and concerns. You may be feeling nervous or overwhelmed. You may find yourself inundated with questions with few answers or solutions. You may be trying to find a new routine for your day. Let's take a moment to center ourselves. Take a moment right now to breathe. Breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth. Do this two more times. Breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. In through your nose, out through your mouth. Check in with yourself throughout the day, even if simply taking a minute to practice this. Maybe you remember your breath when you're in your car between customers or after you get home, take your shoes off and wash your hands. Before we dive in today's topic, we wanted to remind people of the highlight on Phil on the Job's Instagram labeled COVID-19, where people can access posts to updates that have been shared throughout including updates related to Philadelphia's transportation via SEPTA. A new document has also been uploaded to Phila on the Jobs website, www.philaonthejob.org. Once you're on the website, on the homepage, under featured links, this new document is there labeled Employment Services Through COVID-19. This is a new document from previous weeks. 
and we will continue to upload supports in this manner under featured links. This resource that we've added breaks down how to support people via employment services to include questions that you might want to ask people at this time. It is important to note that people's social security benefits may fluctuate. And this brings us to our topic today, social security and unemployment. We welcome Angelina from CIS, Community Integrated Services in Philadelphia, who supports people in understanding benefits. Angelina will share with us ways to support and what to make note of. Once Angelina has shared, you will be able to ask questions. Feel free to type into the chat box questions that you have if you're joining via the Zoom app or an internet browser. And for those of you on the phone, you will be able to press star nine to raise your hand once Angelina has shared. Angelina, thank you for being here today. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm happy to be here. Um, hopefully everyone can hear me all right. So I guess just to start, um, to give a little bit of background as far as who is eligible to apply for unemployment, there's some guidelines that are out there. Um, normally it's if someone is not working due to no fault of their own, but during this time they've expanded who is eligible to apply for unemployment, including those that may be self-quarantining or staying at home because they have a medical you know, concern that requires them to you know, take a little bit more precaution with COVID-19. So very likely we have people that we're working with that are eligible to apply for benefits from unemployment. So another eligibility for unemployment is that the unemployment agency will look to see if the person has earned enough during what they call as their base year. So for anyone who makes a claim in April of 2020, the time period that unemployment is looking at is from January 2019 through December of 2019. That would be their base year. If they applied for unemployment benefits in March, so last month, their base period is different. It would be October 2018 through September of 2019. The difference meaning is because we just changed into a new quarter of the year. So March was in a different quarter than April is. So they're looking at different criteria. I can go over what that criteria is. So they're looking to see if the individual, and this is anyone who's applying for unemployment, they have to have worked at least 18 weeks during their base year, and they have to have earned at least $116 per week. So that's one marker they have to have. The next marker they have to meet is they have to have earned at least $1,688 in the highest quarter of their base period. So they have to hit that in addition to the first marker. And then the third marker is that they have to have earned at least $3,391 in total wages during their base period. So they have to hit all three of those in order to be what we would call financially eligible to apply for unemployment benefits. So once we've kind of you know, thought about what that may or may not look like to help determine whether people are eligible or not eligible to apply. We then kind of move on into what happens to social security benefits when people apply for unemployment and then they start receiving that benefit. So it's important to know that social security offers two different types of benefits. 
The first one is the SSDI, so it's called Social Security Disability Insurance. And people receive that benefit if they have worked enough and paid enough into the Social Security system, or if they're receiving that benefit based off of their parents' work record. So if they receive SSDI, the unemployment has no impact on their benefits from Social Security. They can receive both at the same time. One does not impact the other. So they, for anyone who does receive SSDI benefits, it's basically a no-brainer. If they're eligible to apply for unemployment, then they should absolutely apply for that benefit. For those that are on SSI, it works a lot differently, of course. Um, so the federal mandate is that anyone who receives SSI benefits and they are eligible for any other benefit, they must apply for that. So that is what kind of the federal laws do say. And that being SSI is paid through by taxpayer dollars and it has to be the payer of last resort. However, for anyone that does apply for unemployment benefits and then they receive them, their SSI will be reduced dollar for dollar. So if they receive $500 in unemployment for the month, then their SSI benefit will be decreased by $500. So there is no financial gain and they could potentially lose all of their SSI payments because of the unemployment. So the guidance would be to, as you're talking to families and participants, is to give them you know, the information that the government does say you're supposed to apply. However, you all see a reduction in benefits and then the family can make the decision whether or not to apply. So I think that kind of covers, I guess the information about the eligibility for unemployment itself, as well as the impact on benefits. Um, I guess if we want to take questions or Teresa, we can kind of bounce this back to you if you want. Yeah, that's great. Um, thank you so much for sharing, Angelina. Do people have questions? I know this topic has continued to be brought up over the last month. And so with this too, going off of our topic last week of informed decision-making, it's important to know, Angelina, you're a benefits counselor, correct? That is correct. So for employment support staff, supports coordinators, et cetera, it's important to note that the person should really gain some support from a WIPA, Work Incentive Planning Assistance Office, and or a benefits counselor. And depending on how they're supported, they might be able to get funding to access that specific benefits counselor service because they go through a lot of training to provide that comprehensive support. But employment support professionals and, and other support staff can, can assist them in applying to unemployment, but in terms of understanding the impact, you definitely want to ensure you're guiding people towards the appropriate professionals, which are benefits counselors. So if anyone has any questions. Suzanne Erb. Hi, thanks. Uh, thanks so much for taking my question. And I, I understand that you said that for people getting um, SSD, that there is no, that, that they can um, automatically apply for 
the um, unemployment benefits if they meet all the criteria. And that that's true for all beneficiaries. And it doesn't matter how much they're getting through SSD. Is that correct? Hi, Suzanne. That is correct. Um, so okay. Thanks. Reason, okay. I can elaborate a tiny bit just because you That would be great. Yeah. Sure. So the difference is for the SSDI world or in the SSDI world, social, well, I guess social security generally will either classify earnings and income as either earned income or unearned income. So earned income is money that people go to work for. You know, you went to work, you earned it, that's earned income. Any other income that's coming in is considered unearned. So whether it be unemployment or some other disability payment or a child support payment coming through, anything else that's not from earnings, they would call that unearned income. On the SSDI side of the world in Social Security, it's not a means-tested program, so they don't care what other benefits you have coming in. Okay, and then if we kind of jump back to the SSI side, because that is a means-tested program, they want to know everything that that person receives. Thanks a lot. Uh, that I figured that that's what you'd say, but um, I just thought it would be good to clarify. Thanks so much. No problem. Angelina, there's a question in the chat box. Can you review the minimum earned amounts for Social Security disability? Sure. So I, I, are you asking what the minimum requirement is to be eligible for SSDI? Fatima says yes. Okay. So that is based upon the person working enough and earning enough money and paying into Social Security's taxes for over a period of time. Um, and it's also dependent upon how old that person is. If they are younger than 31 years old, they need less like credits to qualify than if they're over that age. So that's a, like a bit more information than what we can provide right now. Chris Florence, you have your hand raised. Yes, I just want to add that earlier this week I attended a webinar uh, Marguerite and myself, and it was confirmed that those who provide supported employment will be able to uh, submit billing for those who they support through the process of uh, just submitting the application for unemployment. And uh, Laura from ODP is the one who uh, confirmed that. In addition to that, ODP is still working on uh, an amendment to uh, section K, and I guess they're calling it FAQs. They're working on that and they're hoping that in the near or immediate future, we will hear something from uh, ODP as they've already submitted some of their concerns to CMS uh, about employment so we can have some, some, some guidelines on how we are to navigate COVID pandemic. Thank you, Chris. Yes, so last week it was asked on the call and in some other conversations if employment services could bill to support people with the unemployment process. And so Chris found out from Marguerite, who works for Office of Developmental Programs, that you can, through that waiver support, bill. No, actually I found out from Laura. Okay. 
ODP. Thank you, Chris. We have another question, Angelina. Are people who are contracted and get a 1099 able to apply for unemployment due to being laid off from COVID-19? That answer is yes. Um, so if someone's getting a 1099, they should then be filing taxes. Um, so that's reportable income and they would be looking at that same um, base year to see kind of what that person earned during the 2019 year. Yes, and building off of that too, recently unemployment was expanded upon federally. So there are additional guidelines as well to support people during this time. I don't know, Angelina, if you know any details on that. I haven't been able to dive deep onto that yet. Right. So I think like, I think we've all probably have heard and seen the same stuff come out. Um, I'm actually waiting for some direction and clarification from Social Security on what that looks like um, regarding, you know, benefits, um, particularly SSI benefits and how that will or will not be counted as an additional benefit. But I also have not yet seen specifically if like they're talking about a $600 per week type of an, of an arrangement. I'm not certain if that is true across like everyone who's working and then eligible for unemployment or if it's specific to full-time employees and then part-time employees will get less. Like I'm not, I haven't seen it written like in certain terms yet. Thank you, Angelina. Are there other questions? And as people might be thinking of questions too, just a reminder that Social Security income, SSI, is known to be a poverty-based income, whereas Social Security disability, as Angelina had shared, is more of the, that disability focus. Are there other questions or situations that people have in mind in relation to this topic? Chris, I see your hand is raised. Will we have any problems? Will we still have to pay our income tax at the right time? So your question is really is related to filing by April 15th? Yeah. So there, there was a notation of some suggestions guidance. I think I saw there was an extension. Angelina, have you seen that? I think I saw something about July, but I know there is an extension. I'm not certain of how long the extension is for though. So the extension is to July 15th of 2020. The deadline for you to submit your tax returns without receiving any type of penalty is July 15th, 2020. Thank you. Are there other questions that people have in terms of unemployment or the, the claim process, how that all works? Kate, your hand is raised. We will go ahead and uh, unmute you or if you can unmute yourself. So I just had a question, I guess, regarding um, the SSI part. When you said if they were the eligible for the benefit, they must apply and then their SSI would be reduced, then do they have to reapply like for that when they're no longer getting unemployment? Hi, Kate, that's a great question. Um, 
So if they receive unemployment benefits, they should then report that to Social Security, um, just as if they were reporting earned income. And then their, so their SSI would be decreased potentially mm -hmm. to zero, but they would not be terminated from their SSI. They would rather be in a suspense. And what that would do is it would protect them from being terminated for a period of 12 consecutive months. So as long as they stopped receiving unemployment, reported that back to social security, mm -hmm. and then their SSI was re like, you know, given back, then they would not be terminated. Okay, thank you. No problem. There is a question in the chat box. I, I have a friend who could not get on and asked me to ask, um, what do you do when you filed an initial claim and it's time to do a biweekly, but you did not get your PIN yet? I think the best thing that they could do would be to call, even though that's probably going to be a frustrating process um, because you can't file the biweekly claim without the PIN number. But if you do call, they can give the PIN number. Was there, I can't remember if they have it now, but I think they used to have a section when you go to file to, to state that you hadn't received your PIN yet. Is that not there anymore? There may be that. We haven't came across that yet. Okay. There's a couple responses in the chat box from Oliva. Um, the lines are blocked for SSA. Well, I think that like unemployment and social security are two different entities. So I think both are inundated right now with lots of calls, um, but they are two different entities. Next question is, sorry. Um, oh wait, real quick, Joe. Um, social security also too, just so everyone knows, social security is working, I believe remote, I saw a notation. So that might also too cause some even further backlog. So from Gabriella, I read that you are asked to email rather than call right now. That is true to some degree. I'm not sure how quickly they're getting back with people or if it's more generic versus, you know, person specific information. And I know that for unemployment, they are preferring that people do email um, to at least start that process for questions. Question from Oliva. Will you get back paid for unemployment if you can, excuse me, will you get back paid for unemployment if you can claim on time? I think she might mean if you can't claim on time. And I would imagine, I don't know this definitively, but I would imagine that you would get back paid what you were supposed to get paid. I, I can speak a little to that with unemployment. So you wanna make sure, sure that you file timely and there is a process um, that you can attempt if you didn't file initially, but it's important that once you open the claim that you continue to stay true to your biweekly dates and not miss that. And if you were to come across an issue and not be receiving back pay, uh, as it's put in the question, you can file for support in that so that you can go through the process to get that, those additional monies. Corinne also responded, um, I emailed too, and they said it is a week for a response for unemployment. And Tessa said email is quickest way to reach them right now. I think those are all 
probably dead on as far as, you know, how to communicate with unemployment right now because of how inundated they are with everyone trying to apply. Yes. And two, for those who aren't as familiar, earlier I mentioned work incentive planning assistance, WIPAs. Um, so in the southeast portion of Pennsylvania, the WIPA is Disability Rights Network of Pennsylvania. You have Goodwill in the center of the state and then ahead on the western side of Pennsylvania. Chris Florence, if you would like to unmute yourself with your question. Question, is there still that one week waiting period for unemployment benefits? Hi, Chris. They actually took that away for this crisis right now. So normally there is that one week waiting period, but not currently. I also just kind of want to bounce off of um, Teresa's last comment with about the WIPA information, which are great people to reach out to. Um, if your participants, you know, haven't touched base with them, haven't kind of moved forward with benefits counseling, they will give some guidance on the interaction between social security benefits and unemployment, but their job is really focused on, you know, people that are working and that impact of work on benefits. Um, so they have some information on unemployment, but they're not going to be the go-to person when there's questions and issues about unemployment. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that, Angelina. Suzanne, your hand is raised. Hi. Um, yes, I just wanted to make a little bit of a clarification about um, disability rights. The actual name, in case you look it up and and you find that you're not getting anything under Disability Rights Network, um, they have changed their name as of a couple of years ago. So now they're called Disability Rights Pennsylvania, and their website is www.disabilityrightspa.org. That's www.disabilityrightspa.org, just in case you look it up and, and you're finding you're not getting it. Thank you, Suzanne. And in the chat, the question was asked about the email. So what I did is I wrote the website to Pennsylvania's unemployment office that has a wealth of information, live chat, FAQs of www.uc.pa.gov. Thank you, Gabriella. Gabriella added in the chat box, uchelp.pa.gov for the specific email. When you go to the uc.pa.gov website, you can scroll down for further contact information. You would hit connect with us once you go to that page and you can hit unemployment benefits contact information from there. And when you scroll down, it'll tell you even how to check your claim status online. And just a reminder how they are overwhelmed with the need. Are there other questions? Okay, thank you again, Angelina, for sharing. Unemployment is a really hot topic right now, and I know everyone is trying to navigate it as best they can for those that they support. No so, problem, glad to be here and glad to help. Yes, thank you, Angelina. Again, uh, Angelina Bush from CIS, Community Integrated Services Employment Provider out of the Philadelphia area. We'll now be moving to the portion 
of the forum where people can raise their hand if they're joining via Zoom or the internet browser or press star nine for those who are on the phone. Um, we welcome solutions, questions, anything you'd like to share right now. And then after that, we will share what we have to come for the forum next week. How are people feeling right now? We're a couple of weeks in. Are people doing better than they were week one? Are they finding the resources that they need to support people? How are they doing for themselves? Suzanne, your hand is raised. If you wanna go ahead. I have a question and that is, I'm wondering for people who are supporting people who are working and who use SEPTA, how are they faring because uh, SEPTA has really changed their schedule significantly and um, they're just implementing or, or will be implementing, I don't know if this has happened yet, but that they're limiting the numbers of people on the buses and they're asking people to enter at the rear of the bus unless they are a senior citizen um, who needs to sit or, or have a disability that need to sit at the front of the bus. Uh, so I'm wondering how other people are faring during this time. Thank you, Suzanne. So if anyone has anything to share with that, or maybe you're not from the Philadelphia area and you're noticing changes in transportation in other parts of the state, we welcome you to share those as well. Chris, we will go ahead and unmute you. I'm not riding. I don't have, I don't even have my pass for this month. Thank you for sharing, Chris. And Suzanne, thank you for sharing that notation regarding the buses. I just uh, came across that update yesterday. So for anyone who needs the bus to be lowered, they're allowing to go towards the front of the bus. And then for all other people using that other entrance to try to maneuver physical distancing. This, this is Joe from Networks. Um, an update from last week's forum. Last week we had Ali Smell, Smell from Kencrest join us and shared a story about informed consent. And just if for those that are wondering, the person she was talk talking with about is actually still working. The family's still going through the process of figuring out what is best for the entire family and, and going back and forth. But as as for now, the after the family weighing all the options and decision whether to work or not to work um, in this time and with the other things that were going on in the house, um, they, they decided that it was best for him to keep working or, or he decided it was best for him to keep working, I should say, excuse me. Um, and if you wanna hear that whole story, it will be up on our website actually tomorrow. Um, each of these forums are being recorded and placed on our website and our podcast channels as we get them edited and, and so forth. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. And that's on Networks for Training and Development. So if you go to www.networksfortraining.org, you'll be able to find it there. That's excellent. Thank you for sharing that update, Joe. Last call for questions, sharing, 
or any other thing that comes to your mind or something that you're doing to support yourself during this time. Chris, we will go ahead and unmute you. I'm going to do something for Golden Rule Day, which is April 5th. I'm going to do some stuff online with my puppets. Oh, that's fantastic. Which platforms are you using, Chris? I was going to use Facebook. I had to go and get in touch with the people that are putting this together, but I haven't gotten it yet, and I don't know if they're going to do it, but I figured, you know what, I'm going to do it anyway. That's terrific. So for those joining and who don't know Chris, Chris is a puppeteer and an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, so where can people reach you to get your services? Well, my email address is K-R-I-S-R-U-D-E at gmail.com. Thank you, Chris. I also added it into the chat for people who might be joining via the Zoom app or internet browser. Thank you all for joining us today. So next week, we will have Julia Barol, who is PA APSI chapter president, to share how PA APSI, as well as National APSI, are supporting providers and individuals during this time. We look forward to having you join us next week. Same link, same number on April 8th. Enjoy the rest of the week. Be safe and stay well, everybody. Thank you for listening. We hope the information we provided was useful. If it was, please subscribe to our podcast channel. You can find all information about Networks for Training Development at our website, www.networksfortraining.org.